Welcome to the Event Room, where event professionals from different backgrounds talk about the latest, most controversial, and interesting topics dominating the minds of the industry right now. This is a candid conversation, the likes of which can only otherwise be found late at night in host hotel lobby bars during industry conferences. So relax and drop in on what event pros really say when no one else is around. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that tells you how it really is. Now, let's brew something up. It's time once again to spill that tea with Event Brew. Hello, hello. Welcome, everyone. We have three out of our four brew crewers. We have Nick Borelli and we have Will Curran. And of course, Ooh. this is Tui Deep. Hello, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I've, yeah, go Suns. I don't know what we're cheering for. Do they okay. win? Well, it's an all USA uh, lineup of event. Oh group. yeah! Oh, that's true. Oh, that's very true. This is only today. one North American country uh, represented today, unfortunately. Well, we need to work on that. So more Canada. Yeah. <laughs> um, Let's keep yeah, everyone no. on track and going. First off, what is everyone drinking? I'm really excited. I'm not drinking something than chai today, so I, I have something exciting to share. Um, I don't know if I've even talked about this tea yet, but I'm drinking Supreme Earl Grey tea, which I got in Northern Ireland at a little tea cat cottage. Oh, that's cool. Which uh, it tastes. Did you buy enough and just bring it with you, or? Uh, yeah, I I didn't buy enough because I'm definitely going to run out at some point for sure. But um, it's uh, it's very delicious. It tastes like chocolate. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Do you cool. do you ever when you go on trips do you like make room for that kind of stuff to like bring back? Um, I think I naturally just always have a little bit of room in my bag. Like I travel pretty light other than the times like I traveled like the Pelican with all the camera gear with it. You know, most of the time there's tons of room in my suitcase. So especially like a bag of tea, you know, you can like shove that in a corner of the bag and it'll it'll totally fit. I went to Burlington, Vermont for like a week once uh, for like speaking and a bunch and some consulting and I left like half of my bag empty specifically to bring syrup back. Which oh, you're going to say so you can hilarious. bring coats back, but that, that works too. No, just syrup. <laughs> I brought so much syrup back, it was kind of ridiculous. That, like, I got, uh, they looked through my bags and left a little note in there that said, look, we were looking through your bag. Uh, and <laughs> I assume they thought I was bringing, like, you know, whatever, some kind of mixtures to make explosives, but it was uh, nothing but syrup. Like, oh, no, this guy's situation. coming from Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably like, used to that kind of stuff. Nick, what are you drinking over there? Uh, this will surprise you. Uh, I'm drinking some water. Wow. Whoa, that's a Missing first. Dustin over there. How many yeah. episodes have we had in Nick's never water. drinking water before? <laughs> yeah, I got a nice cup of water. Uh, it's a gallon, uh, so you know it's it's enough for the day, I guess. Nick, you've barely like you have you already like finished one of those yet? You barely like barely. Uh, it's like almost five o'clock right I now. I got it. You got a lot. To no, go. I know. I. Yeah, I agree. I got this a uh, couple hours ago, this cup, so mm. uh, it's brand new. Came in from the Amazon Primes and then filled it up. 100%. I uh, washed it off at least because uh, <laughs> I assumed that it was from like, you know, some terrible place. Uh, but Probably not uh, as bad as the Mountain Dew. 
Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I put that right in my body because I, I don't, I don't care about that. But then I'm worried about dust or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, water. So, uh, well, I'll, that's. Uh, I'll, I'll just say to you. I think we should applaud Nick. Yeah, I'm really very proud impressive. of you, Nick. Very proud of you. I, I find that like if you have a bottle of water like next to you, you just drink it all the time. Like it just becomes second yeah. nature, you know, just to have it with you. You guys, I'm gonna try that. You know, see if I can drink more water that way. So, I will be your water, like... a drink drinking accountability partner because there you go. <laughs> I'm showing the boys right now all the water all the, that I leave yeah. at my desk because I'm constantly. And if you put it in actually something clear, you'll drink it more versus something you can't see. Because you'll see the progress. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I had a bunch of these uh, spin drift. Uh, I got like five different flavors of those. Uh, like I've been kind of bored with the same. Uh, bubbly and ahas and stuff like that. So I went all in on the uh, spin drift. Nice, slow but steady steps, Nick. Proud of you. What about you? About you too. What you guys? What you sipping on? Well, besides the five bottles of water I have in front of me, um, I'm drinking the leftover blue bottle New Orleans cold brew coffee that I had this morning because I was on some deadlines. Mm. And instead of like stressing out and just diving right into work, I went for my morning walk and I meditated and I picked up some coffee on my mm. leisurely walk this morning. And so that was very nice. And the caffeine kick didn't help or didn't hurt. I got my deadlines <laughs> done. And it's Blue Bottle is the brand and mm-hmm. it's New Orleans cold drip is that what the like the it's, model it's is? like a cold brew and it's my favorite iced coffee ever mm. with some oat milk in it that is i actually it, always buy like the big 20 dollar bottles and you have to get this at a store or at a yes i mean you might be able to get it at whole foods they i've mm. seen it there before um but i there's so many blue bottles around here in los angeles nice you know oh so yeah that okay, is cool. it i like it now i know your favorite cold brew yeah. So Slowly, gotta... I'm losing the tea crew over here. No, I'm always going to be tea, <laughs> team tea, but I definitely needed like something stronger this morning. So let's go into what we're talking about, which is Whoa. a recap of PCMA EduCon. And yes. Will, you were a Very virtual busy. co-host. So can you explain <laughs> <laughs> it? It was in your hometown and everything. Yeah, it was great. This is like the easiest. Yeah. So this is my, fir- uh, so we obviously did the episode about the 15,000 person event I went back to. So I wish that this was like my first event to go back to, but it wasn't. Um, and I basically, uh, yeah, I was the, the co-host of the entire event. It was in Phoenix, Arizona, which is where I live. Um, and it was great. Yeah. I mean, luckily for those who don't know, I'm a, I'm a DES professor for the program. So they were like, well, we need someone who can, you know, who understands the content that we're doing in the world that we live in. Oh, Hey, and we need someone who's engaging online and everything like that. And like, let's just, Oh, and Hey, wouldn't it be great if they live in Phoenix? It was like, as if they like literally got to check all the boxes. Um, An acronym, please explain DES because I thought you said DEI, oh, yeah. and I was like, oh, wait, yeah. so they chose no, the, you to co-host? Oh no, totally, totally. I was about to actually make a joke and say how I don't. I check all the boxes on everything except for diversity. Um, so <laughs> um, DES is the Digital Event Strategist. So it's um, basically their certification that PCMA puts on that uh, that does all their uh, the, basically teaches you how to put on digital events and everything like that. So I've been a professor on that for two years almost now so um yeah it's been been going on strong but yeah it worked out it worked out really really well and honestly they just asked me to do it and i was just like yeah of course this totally makes sense like you know i and for it was funny i had to keep reminding people that like i am not a professional mc that is not my job to be an mc like my job is to be ceo of an event production company maybe you can consider me a professional podcaster or video creator or 
or something like that. But I am not a professional MC. So, like, reading off scripts on the fly and stuff like that, like, I can do it. But, like, my main thing is just, like, I'm going to bring the energy. So, luckily, I had an amazing co-host. Uh, Amira Sane was my co-host as well. And she was so fantastic. She's way more professional on the MCing side of things. She can read a script. She knows what to do. She, like, you know, is really, really great with guests and everything like that. Not that I'm not, I guess, but she was fantastic. We were great compliments because, like, you know, while she was reading the question, I would be, like, gathering up to get, like, some energetic statement ready. And, um, yeah, it was really, really fun. I spent um, uh, all day Wednesday at the venue. We did, like, pre-records, Voice of God, everything like that. Then the second half of the day was a mix of the, the studio work, which is basically, like, we were talking to guests and things like that in the studio. And then a main stage host as well. So basically I spent most of the week just bouncing back and forth between a virtual studio, which was like uh, around the corner and then the main stage as well. So bouncing all around. So yeah. And well knows but, this. I told you, I, I told him I was going to troll him and I he delivered <laughs> the first hour delivered. of him hosting. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, you're, you're hitting hard. You got the chat going though. They were like, they, I just saw lots of like two con. So, the, so two, you also attended the event as an attendee. Um, just, like not as an attendee that was it just got to just go to the event which was well it all started because i have a borderline unhealthy obsession with like walking challenges that the industry (laughs) hosts and like i'm okay to say that like i i realize that's just who i am and i get really competitive and so Heika Health always does this with Caesars Entertainment. They've done it at IMAX. They've done it at MPI. They've done it with Conference Direct. And so Merits was hosting this one at Educon. And so I actually got that notification first. I was like, I need to do this challenge <laughs> because I got second place the last time I did it. And So the one you got second place from, mm-hmm. uh, it was before uh, we went out to uh, MPI WEC. And JC York uh, and I were hanging out quite a bit, and we were like so like we were talking about your like uh, like success in that so much that we were like, well, let's do it. So like we were at like breakfast the first day, and we were like, you know, in that in that was it Heka or yeah, Heka, Heka. Oh, yeah, Heka, okay. yeah, yeah. So we were in the app and we were watching the videos we needed to watch, and we were like doing the prep stuff, and we were talking about like like all right, you inspired us to do this, so. Um, yeah, we got like really into it. Actually, he was like we both ended up in the top twenty-five, which was cool. I ended up winning uh, something from it. Uh, nice. So, yeah. Oh, that so, makes me so happy. So, the, yeah. for those who haven't heard about it, by the way, it's it's really cool what they've kind of set up is that you cl- connect like your Apple Health or account, Google Fit account to it, right? And just like, yeah, I did my watch. And basically, you just do what you're normally doing, and then you're getting points for that. And then, in addition to that, too, if you like go to massages or you like go go to the do the painting and things like that, you get extra points and things like that. So, um, but Tui, for those who don't know, Tui actually crushed it. So I'm over here emceeing and stuff, and Tui freaking crushes the health challenge, and I'm over here while everyone's saying you're breathing too much on the microphone, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, because I haven't been in front of this many people. I'm kind of nervous. It's been a while, you know. But you you killed it. I, I, first place on the the health challenge was pretty uh, pretty impressive. Thanks, you guys. I seriously do not have a life. I just walk like and I'm I'm not joking. The last what it ends at 10 a.m. Mountain time, I think, for this challenge. And I was walking until like 2 a.m. I woke up at five. I took I seriously just took a power nap, woke up at five in the morning and walked. I was listening to sessions. Right. That's what I'm saying, you guys. And I can I feel like this is a safe space to tell you guys. This. <laughs> well, it's but, a safe place to be in us, but we don't know if like all of our listeners are judging you. right now. It's so. OK. Judge away. I I, I won. So, yeah, <laughs> it was, my strategy was 
There was something crazy. We were looking at the scoreboard, and it wasn't you, but somebody had like 130,000 steps. And we were like like on a really good show day where I'm wa- – like I remember one time we did uh, an event in the Cardinal Stadium, and I, I had to walk back and forth, back and forth across that whole thing. And I think I did like maybe 30,000 steps, and I was like, wow, that was the most I've ever walked at an event working ever. To imagine this person in literally not even like – not even two full days. It was literally like two hours at the end of the day. A full day and then like a half day. He did 130,000 steps. I'm like, what? Is this that Matt? Can we just like call uh, it out? Because I think he got this – or this person might have gotten disqualified because they were number one on my end yeah. when I was able to view it through the app. And then, But he would just like randomly pop in and out with his scores and it would just jump up. I was like, there's oh, no wow. way this guy is walking yeah, yeah, that yeah, much. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I, I think they had a good JC saw mine, and he was like, uh, is it working right? Because it looks like when I went to sleep around midnight, and then I was like, I woke up in the morning, and then your numbers were really uh, high. And I was like, uh, that's because I went to bed at 9 o'clock because I hadn't traveled in so long. Woke up in the middle of the night and said, I think I'm going to walk and play Pokemon uh, oh in Las Vegas <laughs> for like two hours. He's like, that'll do it. <laughs> So, so I will say, though, like that was a really cool aspect of the entire event. But, yeah, like it's funny that that you have an unhealthy obsession with healthy thing. Those health challenges. Things. But, but, yeah, but that um, got me to go to Educon as a virtual okay. as the. OK, can we actually just quickly touch base on this terminology? Digital and actually, I want. I'll send you guys the okay. link. The smart digital meetings. and digital and virtual are the same thing. PCMA just calls it digital because they've been doing okay. this for so long before. And then I think everyone when the pandemic broke out, everyone just called started calling it virtual events. Okay. I still am like I'm terrible. I'm like I'm literally a teacher and I have to catch myself saying digital virtual and I say both. I switch back and forth all day long. So Nick, um, what do you the, think it is? Because we actually talked about you today on your Facebook post, Liz um, oh, and I, and we said, Ooh. yeah, and and I even. I th- I think it's virtual because for me, I'm going off of what people are Googling, right? Like, um, well, so yeah, no, I'm, no I'm, one calls it yeah. calls it like uh, t- face tissues. They call it Kleenex, like right? Like I agree, right? There, yeah. So like, there, there's two sides of this. Like, I get into these conversations with people, like specifically Dahlia, who's like really into what things should be called, right? You know, and there's a lot of people out there that are like smart, and they're just like, no, it's called a GIF because the the creator of it. Uh, you know, said that that a GIF or a GIF that, that that file format is is pronounced GIF, and then there's people like me that go, yeah, I don't like that. I'm gonna call it a GIF, and uh, that. And I think that me. me too. And I just you got used to that, and I don't really care. Like or, or Star Wars fans, like it's technically at at. It's not at at. By the way, uh, so there's all these things that like <laughs> is it what people decided it is, or is it what it was intended to be, and um. I'm I'm most of the time I operate from the same place that Will does in as much as I deal in the reality that we're in right now because mm-hmm. I care about things like SEO and uh, like keywords and like things that matter for businesses from the marketing perspective and also clearly communicating to uh, audiences and you know connecting with people in in a way that isn't esoteric you know like like I use different terminology because I'm right. I generally just go with what's populous, you know, like what 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 most people go with. That said, I I really have a real hard time caring either way. And I, I'm like, you know yeah, what I mean, totally. right? Like both ways, you know what I mean. I'll add into that, like 
uh, I'm a professor of the program. I literally say the word virtual intermixed with it, and I never get corrected by anybody at PCMA. I think they are very yeah. aware well. I think it's just a fact that the DES has existed before the pandemic and before sure. digital events where everyone really even cared about Couldn't them, Couldn't it be right? both, though? Like, there are such things as synonyms. It doesn't yeah. have to be this no, whole, it, like, 100% it's not can confusing be, but I, to anyone. I don't think this is a case, though, where people are, like, critiquing on either end of things. I think literally it's just the fact that, like, D, that PCMA is like, oh, oh we, we, own, is... we own the word digital event, basically. Yeah, fair we, enough. Like, we, we're not going to rename our certification virtual event strategist. Like, that's just so much rebranding. We have to get a new logo. Like, yeah. No. And also, there's no market confusion, right? Like, it's not like, oh, so what's that? What, you know, oh, like, yeah. what is a digital event versus vir- every single person knows that at best it's a synonym. So, like, there really isn't a need for it. So, like, my opinion is just like, uh, honestly, I write a lot, a lot of copy, a lot of copy around this uh, topic, <laughs> like, all day long. And I use them intermingly, uh, like, all the time because I just get, you know, I just find that, you know, it's bad English to keep using the same phrases and when you're in this world boy is it hard not to do that you know like the virtual 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 hybrid 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 i I, i'm grasping for variations on anything so like give us this you know like i think that some instances the event industry has a problem with terminology when it's confusing like are you a producer are you designer are you a planner i did a whole episode all about this or something yeah like that (laughs) that there's some connotations with that and like I get that, but like I don't think that anyone is doing any harm to our profession, our legitimacy, uh, or I don't think there's any clarity issues with using either or uh, and going back and forth. So I've had this conversation. I put that out on Facebook because I was like, I'm curious to see if there's anyone passionate about one or the other because I always love when people are because I'm generally not. I'm I'm like, look, if it works, it works. I don't stress out too much of being like, technically, you know, in 1912, someone first said, like, it doesn't matter. Like, if you get what I'm saying and I get what you're saying, that's communication done. You know, lectern, podium, uh, if you really <laughs> oh, want to go crazy, go, go for it. You know, like, well, actually, you know, like, oh, great. You know, uh, you know something I don't and to, you want to put it in my face. Tui, what, do, you what do you think? See, digital, virtual, that's fine. It's when you call. The only opinion I have is I don't like calling in person a live attendee because That's also live, live attendee is all, yeah everyone's technically live. I and, agree, and I feel like that outcasts those who are virtu- virtual slash digital. That would be my only like if I want to have to fight someone. Yeah, I want to fight you on. Don't call in person attendees live. I agree, attendees. Yeah, I agree. I think live. Uh, I think that we're having a live conversation right now. Um, I think that like a lot of people think that if face to face. Uh, in opposition to face to face is any is anything that is not having two bodies in the same room. I don't I don't think that that's necessarily like the the split. Like I think that there's uh, happening in real time, and then there is the the venue in which you do it. So like you can have a YouTube video, uh, and then you can have what we're doing right now. Now those two things I think are drastically different because one is one is edited, one is evergreen. It lives somewhere else, and then this is happening right now. We're doing it digitally. We're having a conversation. Well, I guess when someone else listens to this, then it becomes content. Uh, yeah, it yeah, becomes yeah. video. So, But I guess that's the difference, right? If it's happening in real time, if it's happening right now, it's live, and that can happen on a virtual platform, and that can have a face-to-face platform. And I think those are both qualify as live events. Um, it's interesting because I was in these conversations six, seven years ago. Maybe, maybe not that long ago. I don't, I don't, time gets really weird. When uh, ILEA made its name change and I had to, I was on the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, International committee. Chair of, 
Yeah, I was in the Marcom chair, and uh, I was also doing a lot of speaking with chapters. I think I, I spoke to like 20 chapters that year. Um, and they were asking about like the name, and they were saying, like, isn't the name redundant? So like that's where we were at that le- level, right? It wasn't even this. It was, well, what events aren't live? And it was like, oh, you know, to go back to that where you didn't even consider, you know, anything that happens on a computer to have any effect whatsoever in events. And now we're getting nuances of the kind of, uh, you know, digital experiences that we're having. I'm not put- but I really think that, like, content in a, in a YouTube channel is not an event. Yeah, I'll put it out there, too, that, like, at the, what point are people just literally wasting their brain cells thinking so hard about this stuff? When it's like, does this really matter? <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Does I think go, a lot of guys because if we're not some of it does. Ter- we go back to the acronym episode because if we're all using different lingos, there could be like little hiccups, mess ups along the way. What if there's there's a slight little difference and everything? I would like everyone to at least as if you were taking an exam, yeah. use the same terminology. Okay, fair I think when it comes to virtual versus digital, I think that there's – I don't see any harm either way, mostly because I don't think – I think that's synonym. Uh, when I think it's live versus you know saying that somebody like is wa- watching something online isn't a participating in a live event, I think that's false. And I think that also the negative for it – so false I think isn't really important in and of itself – but what's the connotation? And to me, it's saying virtual is less than, it's secondary, it's not as good as, as opposed to it is different. Uh, and, and to me, like a parallel, you know, saying they're both live events um, is is the right call. And it also sets the right tone because I, I'm right now facing a lot of, I'm in a lot of conversations where we're really looking at event professionals and wondering why they're so... Why they didn't learn as many lessons over the pandemic as far as using virtual as they could have. And like we talked about it for a year and then it turns out like they're like, is it over? Oh, we were just kidding. Let's go back to things exactly the way they were. Okay. So let's go back to Educon because that's a great transition. That was one of the (laughs) things. Because that's what I'm seeing. I I forget who exactly said it. I mean like honestly I had to talk to so many people. It was all blur. But like I think the thing that that we talked about was that the biggest fear – is that we're going to spend all the uh, – I think I, – I, I'm trying to remember who said it. But it was basically like the biggest fear is that we're going to spend all this heartache, all this pain, all this all this energy and all this time and literally nothing's going to change. Oh, like, that's so annoying. <laughs> my, my gut says that's, that's a lot no, of No, I'm not saying it's going to happen. That's a worry. I feel like it is happening yeah, yeah. now. Like I feel like we just yeah, had a conversation too. where I was like, shame on event professionals. If you didn't learn anything, you didn't apply, you didn't think outside the box, now you're going back to your checklist, not divergent thinking, la 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 I will say, though, kudos yeah. to PCMA um, Educon because that was probably the best hybrid experience as a participant. They do good. That yeah, was great. so they always engaging. Have, and like for even the educational sessions, I was – like I wasn't I couldn't just turn off and start doing emails. It was like discussions, conversations. Well, for you to shout out people digitally like, oh, hey, the chat pain. And, you know, because that's the only way that the digital attendees were able to participate. And so for mm-hmm. you, like shouting them out on stage, like that was so cool. There were so many elements that I felt like I didn't have FOMO at all. Like that was a great event. And I'm glad I attended it as, from a digital attendee standpoint. I, I definitely think I mean Nick. You kind of said it. Like they've been, they're like the classics, and that's one reason why I love love them. Is, is like they they walk the talk. They've been way ahead of the stuff. curve. Like I, yeah, like even like CL CL was a huge hybrid experience, but no one called it that. There was just oh hey, it's an event. Like and we just happened. There's to do a few shows. 
Yeah, there's a few shows that I've attended which I always felt like really understood their their virtual audience uh, and did their best really to give them content in a way that makes sense for that experience and not just set up a camera somewhere. Um, Infocom, uh, Educon, um, you know, obviously convening leaders as well. Like all, all of those shows, the CES, all the shows that really have like a designated area for con- live content mm-hmm. creation with uh, live moderators who are versed in the topics, who um, aren't just, you know, reading a teleprompter, but are in fact like, you know, subject matter experts that have personality. Um, it reminds me of, you know, the best in television broadcasting uh, of a live event. And it's really the playbooks out there for that. So like, just follow that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the engagement level, I think, is also the other component that is like better than, um, you know, in some t- instances, the sports experience, because they really it's first off, it's manageable. You know, in, you're not talking millions of people watching, uh, but uh, it, it ends up being like. Uh, a little bit more engaging and they, they do read a little bit more of the comments and call people out. And I just find that like there's a couple shows, but I think as far as the associations go, the one that probably does the best job at knowing that those two different experiences are different experiences, um, but uh, also are should be considered the same level. Um, I think that PCMA really does a great job. Uh, and I have like a full YouTube video coming out. Like I did, a, I'm some trying this video series where I review events and kind of like go behind the scenes, show some cool things that you can take away, but also like be critical of the events as well. Um, and it's funny because like obviously the event is like basically they're the ones who hired me to even be there in the first place. So I gave them a headshot. I said, hey, I'm going to do this. And I said, like, look, it's honestly, I think I'm going to mostly have good things to say. Like I'm going to critique little small things that honestly a lot of it wasn't even in their control. So like I think like one you of wearing the black pants on stage. Okay, like, look- <laughs> who put who put have- black drape as a backdrop in? Like, okay, so then, so here's my biggest critique, probably, of the event, and all my a lot of my issues, obviously, um, some of them stem from production, and so like obviously I'm gonna be really critical of the production, and so one of the things that I I think that is gonna be really hard that I think anyone who's playing an association event or planning an event in general is that they had to struggle with the fact that like they're an association, they were like trying to like they know they don't have the millions and millions of dollars that like CES has or South by has to be able to do this at, like really insane like to the nth degree right they have to sometimes work with in-kind sponsors especially coming back from the pandemic right like like they, they didn't have money to blow like crazy so i think a lot of issues stem from the fact that um you know there was a lot of reliance on on the production in-kind sponsor to be able to join and, and kind of get to that level and so like one of the things was like no one told me i shouldn't wear black pants because i didn't see the backdrop until i walked up that I, I, I just assumed that, like, hey, they're going to do a tile setup. It'll be all lit up in the backdrop. And, yeah. And then – but paired with – even if I was wearing black pants, a good video color corrector could make it look like I actually had dimension. But what they did is they cranked the contrast, like, super high mm. to make the back panels pop, pop with color. Out. When in reality, like, in, in eyesight, they were lit up pretty white. But on the video, I looked at the video. I was like, they look blue. And I was like, well, how the hell do they look blue? So I, I thought that was really, really interesting. But, like, I think that's just one of those things that, again, to go back to, like, did we learn anything from this last year is that, like, you know, the team at PCMA is, like, believe it or not, like, a pretty small team to be able to accomplish all this. Like, and they're also not production experts. They don't have, like, a production person on their team. 
Um, and we need to be able to make sure that like, okay, if you're, if you want to have a high quality production, you gotta have a production person on your team to, who can help with these things. So I think that was one of the tough things. There's a lot of little things that like, I think, again, you, you end up having, when you have an in-kind sponsor, the in-kind sponsor is going to cut corners to save a little bit of money. Right. And I, I think they could have probably fixed some things because of that. Yeah. But I, I'm a person that is like, so uh, not that. I know what you're saying, and I know that that's absolutely what 99.9% of in-kind sponsors do for events. But for me, I'm very, very cognizant as I've been in the situations where the corners have been cut on organizations that I've worked for for that same reason and been burned by it and doubly burned because, uh, you know, then you're in front of people who want want you to fail. Um, So now my answer for the most time of in-kind sponsorship is I, I generally am, like, very hesitant to do them. Me too. And if I do them, then I I go probably harder than I even do with clients. You know, I, yeah. I'm you know that's like I, I I'm harder on people, more of the details just because um, the um, it doesn't like the money part of it. Like if you're there, you're there, whatever. But like I'll tell you, that's like one of the most like one of the things that I see event professionals do the most is they, they say yes to things that are like a little bit harder than they should be, or like a little bit outside of, you know, their comfort zone, um, because they want the exposure. And because of that, and because without the income coming in, they decide, well, look, you're not a, you're not a client. And therefore I don't, I'm not behoven to you the same level of blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, you're the client then, you know, like this is your money you're spending. Um, you should think about it like that. Like you should, you should really consider like for me, I, I've had to, it's marketing dollars. So like on my side, like I have to be able to uh, justify why we do these things. So I, I like really am pretty hardcore with details and stuff like that because uh, I could have bought stuff, you know, outside of that. So, I mean, I, I, I just know that like, that's something that I've seen for two decades now. Um, and I've been on both sides of it. I've been a speaker very frequently where I get there and an audiovisual person who is there, is like they're the newest person that they have and they have like the least amount. And it's like, Mm. guys, you're, you're, you're essentially a salesperson, you know, you're in front of, uh, so like, this is a marketing and sales move. Like put your best person on this, not the other way around because, uh, this represents, you know, how much potential business. Um, so I don't know if anyone's listening to that. Just think about that. It's like, say no. Yeah, absolutely. Say no, either a game or no, you know, even, and that's, you know, in a realistic world where we know that we don't always necessarily have to do an A job for everyone that we do, you know, work with. Um, I mean, just being real there uh, because they won't notice it and it doesn't matter. I'm mean, not saying like don't, you know, I'm not saying do, do a bad job or, or do anything that the client is. I'm just trying to be real and say sometimes, you you know, it's a walk in the park. You know, somebody, they got an order for you and you're like, man, we could do this in our sleep. Um, even if it feels like that when it comes to the in-kind thing, like go go harder. You know, like, cause yeah. this is, that's your marketing dollars. It's people who can like will, who is attending your event. He sees the problems, right? You know, he sees the little rough edges, uh, and in every one of your audiences, there's an equivalent person who can see that stuff. So like, I always feel like, Grant, especially when it comes to virtual, virtual really doesn't leave. I mean, it's, it's all out there. Like it's all recorded. It's there forever. I, I don't think most people would have noticed the things I noticed and, and to, to the, <laughs> To, and the, the industry the, people are in the audience. Can I say That's one true. thing I and, definitely and, noticed? Can we like just spill <laughs> opening? Yeah, sure. Like first, first there. opening oh, as yeah, a yeah. as a digital attendee, there were technical issues. But the yeah. thing is, there wasn't really fully. It wasn't communicated properly. And by the time the whoever the PCMA staff, whoever um, their reasoning, and I think this is like going 10, 15 minutes like past the the queue time. 
it was just hey we like changed their schedules and now we'll be at this time but it wasn't i felt like they could have taken more accountability saying like what it mm. was or you know it, it was kind of and people were asking questions in the chat pane and it was just like silent we're all just sitting there and that was on yeah, that was on wednesday yeah, afternoon one yeah yeah. Like the first ever like content digital attendees were able to view. I, it was the um, what what were you guys calling it? The mashup room. The mashup studio. Studio, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. the grand opening. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because yeah, because you guys came in. A little, we just started broadcasting, and yeah, you guys weren't ready. So what you. really happened? <laughs> Can you give? I, us the I don't know. I I still oh. I was kind of insulated from that. I think in some ways. Oh, okay. Um, and I I don't think that it would have been on the PCMA team. Maybe the transparency element, but again, There's I think definitely a, a lot- technical issue. I oh, definitely. Yeah, I think. I, I think. No, think. I'm saying PCMA. I'm saying PCMA themselves versus the in-kind AV sponsor and the in-kind live stream sponsor that kind of came in, because um, I think that they were very much like, "Hey, let's go." And I thought we were on screen, but likely we weren't. And maybe, th- and that's one of the reasons why you always have someone monitor your live stream too. Is that like if there was issues and it wasn't coming through, like they should just been like cut it, like let's just go, like. But I think what the goal is, like, hey, let's just record it and we can rebroadcast it later. I don't know exactly what the issue is on there. One thing, so I'll I'll say one interesting thing. I didn't talk about this in my review video um, at all, but this is one interesting thing I'll tell you that this might relate to the the here and now of the events industry. So one thing that I noticed is that so I have um. My employees are very experienced in the industry, so they know a ton of different people. And it was really interesting that, you know, I don't like to, like, act like I, everyone should know who I am. In fact, I get really excited when people don't know who I am. But it, especially in the production world, I expect majority of people have heard of me. It was funny. I, I showed up and I go, hey, like, yeah, I, I'm here. I'm the MC. I'm Will Kerr. And they're like, oh, great to meet, great to meet you, blah, 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 this and that. Like, cool. And like – I could tell these guys had never met me, never heard of me before. I was like, okay, maybe these just maybe the producers haven't heard of me, but there's bound to be someone on this team. So I was really shocked because I'm in my hometown too. So I was expecting it to be primarily a local crew. I think every single person on that team that for the production side of things was not from Phoenix. There was one person who eventually told me that they were like, oh, hey, I'm local. They didn't know who I was because um, they're a little bit more of an entry level position, but it blew my mind that this is what's interesting about the industry is that so many companies have now scaled back so much that the what I expected to be like a full rollout of a local team and everything ended up being a ton of people being flown in. So I think like the interesting thing to think about too is like how has the pandemic affected how events are going to be staffed now? Because like when you usually would do an event, it would be like primarily local people and everything like that. And I was expecting – there would be a lot more local people, but there wasn't. Almost not a single local person at all. There's a lot of – I mean staffing is the issue any and in, in way beyond events right now when it comes to anything yeah. that's service industry or hospitality related. So, I mean, your guess is as good as mine as far as what organizations are going to have to do to be able to scale uh, and be able to have consistency. I mean I think there probably is going to be a lot less local – uh, you know, for certain things, especially if the uh, client itself is not necessarily local, where they don't care as much. True. Um, yeah. So, like, I mean, like, see, for, like for, I at Endless, like we've deal. we've been we always flew everybody in always. So, like, we were never sure. the local company. So, like, I totally understand the model of it, but I think I was I was shocked. I think for for as big of the of the company as that provided the production that they that they didn't have a single local person, and they didn't know who you were. <laughs> and they didn't know who I was. Well, but that was my first sign of being like, 
oh, none of not, you are from here. Yeah, they're not local. And then I was like, wait, where are you guys from? Like, and I heard like all over the country. I was like, wow, oh my god. Which is like again for an in-kind sponsorship, you would think it would be a lot less because you want to save money and all these things like that. But did um, they have them also? Like, were they people that were maybe more? I don't know, sales uh, adjacent. Like they're like more. Uh, they nah, they were they were, facing? they were they were ops people for sure because I think the they sales and marketing people I've heard uh, I have heard of endless before and things like that I've heard my name at least before but I think the ops people yeah. a little bit less because they're more focused on the ops and I don't dive in I'm not you know heavily active in the operations side of the industry oh yeah yeah I'm just trying to figure out like why they would make that you know make that call like I, I I've done just, that before, I think this like, is we, staff is like everybody's like as we come back it, it's gonna be hard to find people not even hard to find people I think that like. It that I think things are like a complete refresh on so many teams. Yeah, I agree. I think they lost a lot of people for good. Uh, a lot of organizations did, and uh, they don't want to go through that again. They don't really want to find a more stable industry. Um, you know, there seems to be a lot of that, and and certainly F and B's uh, face that you know probably the hardest uh, in all walks of of the those types of industries. Um, yeah, it, it'll be curious. I mean, I think that that's going to be a real line in the sand that maybe some people in the, in the next like six months can really market. You know, that's where my brain always goes um, to say like we, you know, our customer service and uh, you know, we've had our, our average uh, team members, but on the, you know, on the team for X amount of years, like I think those types of things might end up be as people are get burned over the next six months with bad experiences, their eyes are going to be open to trying to find organizations that have uh, some kind of, uh, maybe hedge against that. So, I mean, I, I would pay attention to that. If that's an asset that you have that you did retain a lot of your team members over the pandemic, consider um, consider that as some kind of messaging that you can use in marketing and sales. Yeah, don't burn them out after coming back and all that. <laughs> Wait, I will say... Yeah, because uh, you're not going to replace them like you used to be able <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, true. Pro takeaway, I love that PCMA, during their main stage segments, there were... Um, educational sessions that had let's say like a panel of like four people two of them were there in phoenix two of them were like digital and i thought that was that was a moment where i was like oh wow i feel like really included as a digital attendee because that speaker is you know like across the country and what was cool about that is then my mind went into well that saves on cost for that speaker to come in and their writer and getting putting them up in a hotel and um, maybe availability if there are speakers that are you know um, in high demand and so when if you're a part of an association think about that moving forward into like your new term is you can have these hybrid events or even in person and just have a virtual digital speaker like I thought that was I remember brilliant. I actually I had this conversation maybe like a week or two ago with my friend Damani and he told me that uh, I, t- I reminded him, I was like, you know that you were a speaker on a screen in a room where everyone else was uh, in person, uh, like, I-, I think it was like 11 years ago. And it was like this most novelty thing at the time. I forget what conference it was at because they all blur together. But I just remember like the panel so vividly of like three people and then a TV screen. And he was talking, you know, some kind of simulcast probably from, you know, like, I don't know, a satellite or something that was like way too complicated, uh, you know, because it was it was required. But uh, I just I was like, you've been doing this for a decade. I mean, like a lot of this stuff has been possible 
for quite some time. It's just now, uh, you know, because some of those muscles got worked that some people are actually utilizing them. But this this didn't have to be something so new. That's true. That's true. What other stuff too? Yeah, I'm curious from the attendee perspective that you uh, you liked, uh, disliked all those things. I think I think overall the content that was the one thing I think I commented on a bunch of times was just like I went up to the, like the PCMA team. I was just like, you guys nailed on content. Like no one's all these topics, all these speakers, they're not in the yes. regular circuit. It so they were so... like people who I was like so refreshing. So relatable, so like on point to what we're going through as an industry. I feel like I'm a pretty like I'm an expert in the Zoom world, in the virtual platform world in regards to creating um, experiences, designing it. So there, there's that connection, you know, like that's what hot really like did in 2020. And there was one keynote um speaker i forgot her name but she even taught me things i was screenshotting and like sending it to my team and i even did a presentation overview on it and just talking about if anything like behavior science i loved um the merits design lab i forgot the two guys names but tim Tim. yeah tim and greg oh Oh, tim Tim and greg they killed it that's who i used to work for yeah Uh, those two i I talked to them all the time and greg i I was like i got to introduce you as my friend that was fun they're so chill and like the older one is just so I, i I really <laughs> enjoyed. Yeah, Greg, Boke. he's just like, yeah, but you know, you know that he's just full of so much knowledge because he he's is one of the just... smartest people I've met. Yeah. Period. Like six or seven years ago, like one of the earlier one on IMAX, uh, Julius introduced me to him and he was just like, yeah, you two guys are going to get together like and really enjoy each other. And that which eventually led to me like working with merits for years. Uh, yeah, those two. I mean, it, what's fun is, is that they definitely um have like very intellectual content mirrored with um, kind of like excitement and passion. So I, I've been to a lot of sessions where like the really smart people are fairly dry. And I've also been to ones yeah. where people with lots of enthusiasm really aren't saying anything. And they're like absolutely, you know, like the best at mirroring those two things together, which I think PCMA is probably um, – Probably, especially like I've gone to convening leaders more than I've gone to Educon. I've gone to a couple of Educons, but they uh, they just find people I find that are um, really, really at the top of their game as far as being smart and uh, exciting. And I think the reason is is that there's there's content curators in the audience everywhere, and that's the difference between maybe even an MPI show and a PCMA show. P- MPI show. The, the the people that are there could serve a lot of roles. They could be selling sponsorships or uh, planning and you know checking boxes and working in Excel or whatever the equivalent is, um, and really being organized, Type A, you know, et cetera. And and they're they're too at at Educon, uh, but there's also the the through line of content because this is like one thing MPI. There's such a diverse amount of and type of events that you know fall into their umbrella. PCMA like it's always content. And the content is is an element and one of the pillars of all the shows that uh, are represented by the attendees there. So like they're they're I, just as much as Will can see, you know, black curtains like th- th- they can see bad content. So oh, I think 100%. that PCMA oh, knows yeah. that. Well, yeah, because I mean, like, look at the, why they they were one of the associations that really. I mean, this might be biased because I not I I part of their content, right? But I think they thrived through the pandemic because they doubled down on content. They weren't like. Oh, we got to rely on our members getting together. Oh my God, what are we going to do if our members? Are... They're like, no, we're just going to 
pump out even more content. We'll come out with a new certification. We'll come out with a shorter version of the certification. Well, what else can we do on that? Oh, we'll do another webinar. We'll do a webinar every day. Like they were like, boom, ready to go. In mixed with, I think the fact that they're so like native into the hybrid digital space as well. Um, but like, I think they just were they were set. They knew how to do content really, really well. And like, I mean, the speakers too. Like they again, they weren't like the typical ones, but there were some ones that were like were just incredible. Like they got really big brands. Like Domino's was there, Adidas. Yeah. Um, I probably could like name a bazillion, a bazillion of them, but they were so good. And they, they, what they did is when they talked to me through how I was going to be emceeing and even like me as a speaker, they were like, look, Will, you're going to be doing a talk on communities. Why is this important? Well, we're going to be first starting off with Jan Stovall. She's going to be doing a talk all about diversity. How do you include it? And then, you know, and then we're going to be going on to this person and they're going to be talking about diversity and then we're going to become a you and you need to talk about how do you actually bring these communities together and that are diverse and inclusive and everything like that. And I was just like, that's not just that, you know, sticking people in a breakout room and hoping they put something good together. That's like, you told me how I need to tell the journey for the entire day for the, and be the end cap for that. So. Did, yeah. Did I mean, job, I'm in their best in class thing too, for like, I don't know if you've ever done that. Will they have this like best in class speaker series uh, that they vet. So like they, they have somebody that, you know, is that one of your presentations? Usually it's a convening leaders or Educon. Uh, and they, you know, they pay attention, they're in the audience and then they, they approach you if they feel like it qualifies. And then you have to do a lot of things to break down your session and, and explain like, uh, the value of it and, uh, and like all the things you could add to it potentially. And then you become something that, uh, the chapters have access to. So like they, they, they really do curate, I think more so a lot of people, they, they go for the names. They say, say, well, uh, what do you want to talk about? We'll give you a space. Uh, people like you, you know, and yeah. it's like, well, that's nice and it feels good, but it also feels like they're, you know, um, I'm picking it for the name rather than like, yeah, I mean, not or, to it's, or it's the usual ones. Like, it's like bringing Usher and being like, "Oh, like how's he gonna tie this all in?" But like, so Usher example, was good though. But, but I, I mean, that was I didn't expect it to be. I good. literally was thinking about this though. But so PCMA, what they did is they get Seth Madison. I've seen Seth Madison speak so many times at like medical conferences. Yeah. He's like at almost all my clients' events, right? And so I was expecting yep. like an innovation general talk. He comes in and he talks about how his business like watched like he used the analogy of sand falling through the fingers of when the pandemic started breaking out. He saw all his clients start to break all his revenue and he decided to go off and build a studio and he will incorporate that into his innovation talk. And it was like he crafted that 100% too. And that – and you know if, if anyone you ever need to talk to on the team, it's Tanya. Tanya on PSMA team. She's the one she's like so sits at hours together putting this stuff together. But she's like, yeah, we talked a lot about business and what are these planners actually going through. And he delivered like probably the best opening keynote for a comeback event I have ever seen. I was just like – Oh my God, he like completely acknowledged the fact that this all just happened. What are we going to do to move forward? And then he was the one who said, like, the worst thing I could see would happen is that we ignore everything mm. that we learned and all the pain and suffering would be gone. And I was just like, that's like, you can get Usher and cool, it's a cool name and you'll pack a general session with it, but no one's going to walk away with like an actionable to do from it. But like, I'm here backstage. My job is not like, I, Grant, I have to interview him and everything like that. So I'm, I'm paying attention enough to like be able to, but he like captured me backstage to listen to exactly what he was saying. So, like, if you can capture the the MC's attention and get him to walk away with takeaways, I think you're doing a pretty damn good job. Yeah. Yeah. I find that like there's uh, a lot of shows that go after big names or big brand names, uh, and then they use that primarily as a marketing move you know like they just play plastic names on there but you got oh it's not it's not a bad move it's i mean there is some value to that i mean the real deal 
are that like I think of like the ones that were um, like I think that are like gen uh, like kind of exploitative, um, just to get butts and seats. Mm-hmm. I think of content marketing world where like they've had like William Shatner and like yeah. uh, uh, what's his name from uh, that was canceled from uh, the Netflix president show. Uh, uh, Kevin like, Spacey. I'm not allowed to say his name. Uh, yeah, Kevin Spacey. Oh, you just said his name. Yeah, you say so, his name. <laughs> yeah, Vol- Voldemort. Uh, Voldemort. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, but I, you're, you're right. Sure, yeah, like they were stunt cast, and like you could tell, and like they they were like, well, they're actors, and and acting is in movies, and movies is content, and you're content creators, and it was like, oh boy. But then I saw like uh, Jay Bear at uh, uh, Convening Leaders, and he's a marketer. He does a lot of you know productization marketing primarily. Oh, um, but boy, was he smart about meetings. Like he's like, cause he's like a, you know, a hall of fame speaker. Mm-hmm. So he knows he's a participant and, you know, in, in live events very frequently. And he, his angle on that, as far as like, look, I can tell you as a marketer, here's what you should be doing. And how should you thinking? And then as a content creator, you should be thinking like this. And as a speaker, I think about this. And it was like very, very specific to the audience. And I just know that like that doesn't happen by accident because I mean, that guy's great and he's smart, so he's going to get business by, you know, not, not going halfway. But I, I also think that there's a hand behind it that says, like, okay, so this is this is the speech you normally give, but this is our audience. So tell me how this matters to them, you know, and tell me mm-hmm. how you can adapt that. And I, and I know that PCMA does that, and, and it really, I think it shows up in the work. And I stress this more so now with the virtual component because this stuff lives forever. The stunt, you know, casting of a, of a speaker it looks cool. It brings butts and seats, but like also when people want to see if they want to attend this three years from now and they look at the quality of what's there and they find that there's just some person like, you know, like, well, you know, I kind of create content cause I'm in movies and you're like, well, I don't really understand what you're, <laughs> so- then it doesn't work. And now that this stuff is evergreen and lives forever, I think we're, I think we're in another place where this, mm-hmm. this hybrid world is not just about the audience you have that's live digitally, not just the live audience that you have face to face, but the, also the evergreen audience that you could have, you know, down the line. I'll add one more thing. And I want to hear maybe one more thing that to be uh, liked or disliked from the show is that when it comes to the two, you can always build this great lineup of names, but eventually you have to keep leveling that up, right? Like, Oh, you get this really person. Let's say for example, you get lucky, book a speaker and then they end up going like viral, like down the line and you end up getting this big name. Everyone can expect that, expect that, expect that. But like eventually what you want with your event is to create a place where people say, I'm not going like I'm to a, you go to a ton of festivals too. So you can think about this. Mm. How many times have you looked at a festival lineup and you were like, I gotta go to this festival. I gotta go to this festival. You finally went, you're like, this is incredible. Then you went for a bunch of years and then all of a sudden they changed the lineup and you're like, there's not really anyone I really care to see. And you just don't go because you care more about the lineup than you care about the actual event itself. Right. So my, my thought is like, if you, if you're like almost like hooked to the lineup, it's almost like you're like, like, you know, you're eyes slapping my, like, inside my elbow if anyone knows what that reference is. But, like, I think if you're feeling like that, you're going to end up getting people who are only going to go for the lineup versus designing an event that people say, I'm going to go to it because it's Educon. Because I know it's going to be. Yeah. Good. Like, I think yeah. ACL's done that in some Believe ways. Believe in the brand. Because, like, who, who, you know, I've never heard of half the people that are at ACL, but because I had such a good time, I know they're curating such good bands and artists and music. I don't even know who they are because I know I'm going to have a great time. But, like, I look at, for example, um, we, someone was saying, like, hey, let's go to Life is Beautiful Festival. And I was just like, oh, yeah. it's in the middle of Vegas in the summer. I, I get enough of that in Phoenix. And I'm like, oh, and the lineup's just really not that good. Wait, did you – 
do you really? I was actually going to say Life is Beautiful is an example of what I do like because it's about okay. like more. But about we the have different tastes in music, though. But if I, but think I, it's I like don't make, go really for the music. I you go because okay. of, because it's broken out. Life is beautiful. I haven't been to Life out. is Beautiful, I will say, too. Oh, okay. It's not so, just so, music. So that was me being judgy. It's I was, uh, food. It's yeah. arts. It's education. And so I went there my first year to go see Bill Nye. Like day one, Bill Nye, front seat, and then I left. And I didn't even go to the concert series wow. because I just wanted to see Bill Nye. We might but, have to yes, debate this I, one out a little bit further then. <laughs> the line, Miguel. Substance. And Life is Beautiful Miguel is Miguel from Event Man. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Subtle plug. Uh, Miguel from Event Manager blog, like a couple years ago, he told me this. And he's like, the ultimate when you have a really good show when it comes to education is the fact that um, people go to it because they have trust in what you do and they believe in the quality of the results. And he said it's the same thing when you – I think he heard it from someone else too. I'm not sure. But anyways, I'll give it to him. Uh, He told me uh, when you go to a college and you decide which college you're going to go to, you generally don't say, I'm going to Brown University because of this uh, specific uh, professor who I've always wanted to be taught by. Now, keep in mind, that's what you're doing. You know, like uh, that teacher is is the big name, is – it should be the – the kind of destination, the reason that you make the buying decision that you make, but you don't, you, you go for the, the credibility of the university because that university produces results. It's a, you know what you're going to get and it means something. And they do that by making sure that the quality level across the board is consistent with the level that they, you know, try to have. So like, think about when you're having shows for education, uh, think about it like you're you're the university, and what matters. Yes, those names matter, and yes, they're they're the ones ultimately uh, you know doing the results. But everything has to be that same level of quality if you're going to get people to return every year just because they have like trust in you. Yeah, perfect example. I didn't. I signed up for TSE in Miami without even looking at who's speaking and what the content is. I just like did my schedule and that, the other day. And that's a great teaser for the future episode that we'll be doing <laughs> where we review TSE as well. I'm glad you caught well. that, Will. <laughs> so wait, who's you know going me. down I, to I'm TSE a king in of Miami? Dustin will be there. I'll be there. Nick, are you going? I am. Yes, I because will, you're on the I won't board. be there. I'm going to be yes. recovering still from the fact that I had to like run around for three days. I'm still like sore a little bit from it. So let's be honest. So Hilton's you'll, you'll have job. to moderate the, the convo when we come back from TSC. Yeah. I'll, I'll be asking lots of questions. So all right. So 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 Tui, yes. um, I think there's the same question that I might have asked Nick at the end of his MPI breakdown. But no, your experience that you had, would you go back to to Educon? It was my first experience with PCMA, anything with EduCon. Oh, I oh, am wow. now Ooh. a fan. I would actually consider going to New Orleans because that's where nice. their next EduCon is. I should and know this because I had to read that script like 100 times. It's New Orleans, <laughs> and I think Vegas is convening leaders next year, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, maybe I'll be at both of them. Um, but kudos Convenium to them. Is a great show. Because hybrid events like is definitely a scary take on mm-hmm. – are, it's it, you know twice as much work and this and that and I thought they did a great job making sure that we the digital attendees felt included so kudos to them I will say a takeaway for just event professionals coming back whether you're live or digital um, oh my gosh I just did what I said I didn't like doing in person or digital is <laughs> if you don't like the keynote or you don't like the educational session I encourage you to stand up and walk out or to X oh, out. Man. Like I I'm doing that so much now. Oh, are you? <laughs> I was just talking yeah. to my colleague at Hot and they were Liz and she was like, Oh, I'll just stay in and I'll just do my T D lo- note. I'm always nope. front and center and I have no Vote shame in just standing up and walking out because there's Vote with yep. your feet. 
Yep. That's it. So that would be so my it. my big advice. What's the the takeaway for, or what's the the action called action for our? Um, well, we'd love to know if any of our attendees were at Educon and what you thought. If any of you attended virtually, shoot us a message. Um, or if you attended in person, you're awesome. A lot of people actually, yeah, like I got a lot of people who are the fans of all the podcasts. So uh, I bet you there's people listening to this right now who were also there. And um, I also give a call to action that uh, on the Endless YouTube channel, we'll have that video breakdown where I visually break down the event. And that's when I like really critique it, talk about things I liked, disliked, and things like that. Um, but I think we could spend t- yeah three hour at the hotel bar, bar bar conversation on what we thought too. So maybe we'll be getting to doing those in person real soon. It sounds like TSE. Maybe you guys should just record an episode while you're there. Maybe. I don't know. I am definitely not bringing Stay my mic set. Oh, <laughs> also let us know. Yes, definitely bring your mics. Uh, let me us know too, if you like this, like <laughs> when we break down the, the industry conferences, um, shoot us an email event brew at hello com or hashtag event brew on socials. All right, let's listen to the guy call us out. See you next time on Event Brew. Bye. 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 (laughs) Thanks again for listening to Event Brew. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. See you next time on Event Brew.